0: welcome back everybody we are here and in, going into week eight uh we will be talking about our start sets for the nfc home games this week uh this is sam stompy lane you can follow me on twitter at ff stompy i am here with the big Irish, john mcglynn you can follow john at john mcglynn 75 on twitter how's it going john
1: it's going great thanks for listening everyone
0: uh like i said we are going into week eight here we are going to be talking about our starts and sits for the nfc home games but before we get started i want to talk to you about a another dlf podcast on the dlf family of podcasts and that is the read and react idp podcast dynasty veterans adam sticky Zikas and tom kissling guide you through the world of idp Fantasy football leagues with analysis for both beginner and veteran IDP enthusiasts. You'll be sure to find something useful and interesting in every episode. Uh, those two, Adam and Tom, are both guys that I are my go tos for IDP. I do, I, I, da- I dabble in a little bit of IDP. They're extremely knowledgeable. So you should be listening to this podcast again on the DLF family of podcasts. Also, before we enter uh, into our starts and sits, we need to know about the injuries that are going to impact our starts and sits for the week. So, with that, we will throw it over to uh, Ethan and James the Brain to talk about the the injuries that can could impact your lineups this week. Take it away, James.
2: John Hogue here at Superflex, dude. To catch up with Ethan Turner, that's E Turner ff underscore pt on Twitter. Make sure you're keeping up with him. Uh, not only does he do our injury reports here on the Superflex Super Show, but he's also constantly tweeting out updates, particularly on uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, just to help you uh, get get caught up on all the uh, actives and inactives going into the weekend. So make sure you're following him. But Ethan, we'll uh, we'll jump right in with. Uh, with the injuries for this week, and start off with some new injuries here. So David Johnson, I, I, I don't know. I guess a new injury. Apparently he was he was injured last week as well, um, and was just kind of an emergency back. But uh, I mean, do we are they going to troll us again this week? I guess that's the question.
3: Yeah, this one was frustrating for a lot of people, uh, myself included. I fell for the trap, hook line and sinker. Um, he was dealing with some back spasming a couple weeks ago, but then this ankle injury cropped up and, and really it was kind of one of those things where the team downplayed it all week. I didn't even, I don't even think we talked about it last week. Cause I, I was under the impression that, oh, this is just a minor thing. You know, he was practicing a limited fashion, nothing really indicated that they were going to basically swerve the whole football community with a, uh, Oh, well he's active, but he's only gonna play he, he's an emergency <laughs> backup and that is that is really irritating uh for for me. I'm sure it's really irritating for all the listeners that had David Johnson because uh, that's not commonplace in the NFL to do these kinds of things. so Cliff Kingsbury is not making very many friends in the fantasy community um so just the three snaps, not ideal. Um, we haven't really seen him practice yet this week. So all indications are we're heading towards him either one, not playing or two a repeat of last week. Um, I'm, I'm sitting David Johnson. I'm probably going to eat my words. He's probably going to drop, you know, 30 points on us, uh, just because of the same thing happened last week. But I just really feel like this is one of those situations where everything the team has said outside of talking directly about David Johnson indicates that he's not going to play this week. So um, I I expect that to be the case. Um, Chase Edmonds looked pretty good last week. The Saints are a much better defense. So we'll we'll see if they can uh, if he can kind of repeat the magic here
2: yeah so it might not matter in this matchup but yeah it would it would sure be nice to get some actual communication from them this time uh Keenan allen um has uh has an uh hamstring injury is that was it from practice or was it from uh the game this previous week?
3: So this one's new. So Alan actually went down with a hamstring strain in practice earlier this week. It's kind of kept him out the last two days. I actually think he ends up missing Sunday's game. Uh, Anthony Lynn came out today on Friday and said that even if Alan plays, he's going to be on a limited snap count. I think if you're going to limit it, limit a snap count, you might as well just not play him. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and say that he he is not going to be uh, playing on, on Sunday. And he should probably be out of your lineups, even if they do say he's playing, because they've already admitted that he's not at 100%. And
2: again, another tough, tough matchup, anyways, uh, at Chicago. So, uh, Carry on Johnson. Uh, I I think that we're all pretty well versed in this one at this point, but uh, just kind of give us an indication: Are we going to see him again this season?
3: I do think we see him again this season, but he's heading to the IR with a knee injury. Really, not a whole lot of info on this. I'm guessing based on the time frame and the fact that he had surgery. Uh, that this is some type of meniscus tear. Uh, the team seems confident that they're going to get him back at some point. But uh, again, when you go on the IR this late in the year, you're you're pretty much droppable in almost all leagues, um, unless you can stash one in an IR spot. Um, there's really no reason to keep him on your team uh, just because he's he's probably not going to play again for you in fantasy.
2: So we're we're looking at more like a, a playoff. NFL playoff return at best, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, 16, week 16, I think is the earliest he can return. Uh, Unlikely that that is the case. Usually when they end up on IR, you're, you're talking a couple weeks after that week earliest case. So uh, yeah, I would say week 17 and probably the playoffs if the team makes it.
2: Okay. Uh, Matt Ryan had that nasty looking ankle sprain um, against, uh, against the Rams um, came out of that game and Matt Schaub finished it up. Do we see Matt Ryan return this week?
3: You know, this one, this one is going to be a tough one because he has sat out on Wednesday and Thursday. He returned to a limited practice on Friday. Uh, the team came out and said that they're going to decide on Saturday if he's going to play against the Seahawks, which is, which is good for us. That means they're not kind of stringing us along. Uh, they should let us know on Saturday if he's out or not. Um, I I think they're going to play it safe though. Uh, Matt Ryan does not miss a whole lot of games. So this is he, he he wants to play, but I just think it it makes too much sense for them to play. at say flat shop, get a start and, and give Ryan a full two weeks with their bye week next week. Um, I expect him to do that and really make sure that he's healed up for the second half of the season.
2: Uh, Let's get some updates from you here. Some uh, revisit some of these Uh, Christian Kirk, first of all, has missed uh, the last several weeks. Um, Are we, uh, is it a, is this return week for him?
3: I think it is. He's been dealing with a high ankle sprain. Again, this is a tricky injury. Every week I say, I, th- I think he's coming back and then they decide to sit him last minute. So uh, I do think he ends up returning this week. The The signs are all there. Um, he's, he's still limited in practice, but uh, again, he's gotten now two full weeks of limited practices in most likely he's going to play.
2: Drew Breeze back in practice and saying that he's ready to go. Uh, are, are are we is it are we there yet with Drew Breeze or uh, are we going to see a little bit more Teddy Bridgewater?
3: You know, Breeze is chomping at the bit, and I think this is this is pretty classic. These guys want to play when they're ready. Uh, coming off that UCL injury, uh, had surgery on his thumb. The team has a bye week next week, and I think that plays a huge role in this. So, despite Breeze saying he's ready to roll. I do think the team ends up rolling out Bridgewater again, uh, Give him, giving Breeze another two full weeks to get even healthier so that they can just uh, mitigate the risk of him re-injuring that thumb. Um, I mean, Bridgewater has played well, so I don't think that would be a, a hard decision to make for them.
2: It's a decent matchup for the Saints. So it, as in, you know, for fantasy purposes, it's a, it's a fairly easy matchup probably don't need to roll out drew Brees, but what about alvin kamara coming back from that ankle sprain um he only missed one week right
3: yeah so he missed last week Uh, he's dealing with a high ankle sprain and kind of a knee strain that was bothering him earlier in the year he did get a limited practice on thursday but it's still again not looking good for this week uh the team Again, like you said, the matchup is pretty easy. Uh, Latavius Murray looked good last week. This is another one where the Saints are luckily deep enough at quarterback and running back where I feel like they can roll backups up, out there and still have a pretty good chance of winning this game. I think they give Kamara and Breeze two weeks and then come back full strength after the bye.
2: We talked about Sterling Shepard quite a bit the last few weeks uh, with uh, two concussions within about a three-week period. Um, and, uh, so obviously the, he, he missed a lot more time after that second one, but are we about to see him make a return?
3: I don't think so. So again, second concussion that close to time, you're, you're expecting a longer layoff. I think this is what we're getting with Shepard. Uh, he said he should be back this week or next week. Um, however, on Friday, they already ruled him out for this week. So it, it looks like all things are pointing towards a return next week for Shepard. Uh, but again, this is one of those things where uh, you got to be careful when you're talking about concussions and especially two back to back like what he had. Um, the team's going to have to be a little bit more cautious with him going forward.
2: Uh, Chris Herndon, um, is he about to make his season debut?
3: Sadly, no, and I think uh, again, this is a a good example of why uh, you shouldn't be drafting players coming off of suspensions. Um, it's you know they're they're more likely to get injured. You're more likely to have these hamstring injuries uh, when you haven't been practicing at full speed, uh, and then you end up missing him for half the season. Now he doesn't look like quite so good of a, a bench stash. So um, he is downgraded to doubtful. He's still get dealing with that hamstring strain, like I said. Uh, doesn't look like we're going to see him this week.
2: And one more guy to the Pittsburgh Steelers, your team. And uh, off air, you and I, were, were we kind of briefly mentioned, we briefly talked about the quarterback situation, um, just so everybody knows. I mean, it sounds like we're pretty confident that it's going to be Mason Rudolph here. He's, con- he's cleared the concussion protocol. Um, he was practicing before the bye week, so... Uh, Sounds like uh, we can feel pretty confident with Mason Rudolph as a starting quarterback, but the running back situation gets a little interesting. Jalen Samuels has missed the last couple weeks. Um, Is he ready to return to the uh, backup running back role?
3: I think he is. You know, he had a knee scope uh, just two weeks ago. Um, we were looking at possibly a full month, but the bye week did him some good. He is practicing full for two straight days. So a nice early return there for the Steelers backup running back. And they were using him in a lot of interesting ways before he went down with this injury. So I'll be curious to see, despite Connor playing extremely well the last two weeks, how they kind of reintegrate Jalen Samuels into this mix and what that that effect has on uh, James Conner and his fantasy value.
2: Beautiful. That's that wraps it up for part one. We'll be back tomorrow with a few more. Um, and uh, again, make sure you're following Ethan at E Turner FF underscore PT. Ethan, always a pleasure, man.
3: Yep. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Thank you, boys. Uh, You need you need to be following Ethan on anything um, fantasy football related, but especially for the injury analysis. The man is fantastic. He did an awesome breakdown of Patrick Mahomes dislocated knee last week. So go follow Ethan again at E Turner FF underscore PT and get all of the information you need on those injuries. With that, we will enter into our start sits now. Um, as always, uh, we have the green light, which is you start with confidence. Yellow lights are st- you have startable players, but you need to temper expectations. And then red light, you need to bench these players if you can. We will start with John here with the Seahawks at Falcons. What do you got there, John?
1: All right. Another good game. I, uh, I got my green lights here for the Seahawks, first of all. I'll do Russell Wilson. Uh, he's almost got 2000 yards passing 15 touchdowns and only one cheap interception so far this year. Uh, you can't sit a guy who does that along, uh, scrambling his rushing abilities. His rushing ability is unbelievable. His scrambling ability is unbelievable. He's someone you have to start on a weekly basis. He's a fantastic quarterback. Uh, Chris Carson, 20 touch plus a game, four straight weeks plus sprinkling some receptions. Um, Tyrell Lockett, he's on the field for 90% of the offensive snaps. He's the wide receiver running that team. Um, those are my definite go-to green lights on the Seahawks. For the Falcons, I got uh, Matt Ryan. He's nursing an injury, but it's Matt Ryan. He's not a big runner. I don't think it'll be a problem for him staying in the pocket and throwing some ball if he plays. He's limited now, but you know we'll see what happens. Um, Julio Jones, not even sure if I would pick him, if I knock him down to yellow, even if Shaab did play this week. He's a go-to every week. Austin Hooper. He's averaging six receptions, almost 12 yards a catch. He's the number one tight end in the league. You can't sit him. Devonta Freeman, No Edo Smith. I'm not sure Brian Hill cuts into his workload too much this week. The only thing stopping Freeman is a possible suspension. No word of that yet, though. Uh yellow lights. I got DK Metcalf, great matchup. Uh, but he's a rookie and he looks a little sloppy sometimes. He's averaging almost 20 yards a catch, but he's also averaging only three catches a game. So I don't really not really sure he's a thing yet. Uh, for the Falcons, Calvin Ridley, just not consistent enough to warrant a green light. Pretty close, though. He's right there. For the red lights, Seahawks, Jerron Brown, couple catches usual. You can only hope for a touchdown with this guy. Jacob Hollister, Luke Wilson might take some time for one of these guys to become relevant with a loss of big will. And Rashard Penny, CJ Proseis, they're not Chris Carson, so they're just going to get table scraps. That's about it. The Falcons, Brian Hill, Justin Hardy, both of these guys are not going to get enough work to, uh, to be thrown into the unexpected roles they walked into this week. So those are my red, yellow, green lights for green, red, green, yellow, red lights for this week.
0: Yeah, I, I have no real qualms with any of those. Um, definitely agree on Freeman. I i mean, if uh, suspension hasn't been handed out yet, I doubt he gets suspended for that. Um
1: I don't think so either. I I hope not either. I got him in like seven lineups, so I'm really hoping he's playing.
0: (laughs) I I hear you. Um, Yeah, and and the, the thing with Devonta Freeman is he's been super involved in the passing game. And the Falcons defense has been tremendously bad this season, putting the team, the offense behind. And they have to throw. And luckily, like I said, Freeman is heavily involved in that passing game and that gives him a, a pretty high upside. We, before last week, we saw him put up double digit points in um, four straight weeks, including I believe a 25 point week last week or, or the week before last week. So yeah, I mean, uh, he honestly, if you can, he, he should have been a buy after the, you Smith injury. Um, but he he probably still is a buy cuz i'm sure some people don't believe that he will continue to put up those type of numbers.
1: Yeah, he moved up the ranking rankings all off season and he was uh almost almost hard to get and uh, that well not almost uh hard he was probably uh what 6th 7th rounder something like that. It was um it was uh you had to draft him a little bit higher than it was but as the year went as the came closer to fantasy season, his uh, his stock his stock just kept going up and up and up, and now he's you're going to have to trade a pretty good penny to get him now.
0: Yep. All right, we will move on to our next matchup, uh, the Chargers at the Bears, uh, and I will take that one. Uh, my green lights, uh, a little bit of a surprise. Melvin Gordon is a green light for me. The Bears have not been good against the run as of late um, over the past Uh, Five weeks, they have allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs. Over the past uh, three weeks, they've allowed the most fantasy points to running backs. Um, The past two games they have played, they've allowed over 100 yards rushing uh, to running backs and two touchdowns. And that was to Josh Jacobs and Latavius Murray. And and I can't even imagine what uh, Alvin Kamara would have done if if healthy. So I like... I like Melvin Gordon this week to kind of break or or get off the schneid uh start his his season um obviously he's struggled over the past 3 games but I think that this game will allow him to kind of break out this season um and with that I think Austin Eckler is actually a decent option as well the uh bears do give up uh, some receptions and targets to running backs. And Austin Eckler has been a machine this season in terms of targets and, uh, in, and in being a pass catcher among running backs. Uh, he had
1: targets. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he, he's got, he had, even with Melvin Gordon, he had 16 targets in week five, only four in week six, but then eight caught seven of eight last week. So you can just rely on him to be, um, part of that passing game week in week out. And when you look at that offense, it's pretty, um, pretty concentrated. When we look at the targets there, it's Hunter Henry uh, it's Keenan Allen. And then it's Austin Eckler is the top three. And then Mike Williams gets targets here and there every once in a while, but he just, he kind of is a tertiary uh, pass catcher for them. So uh, if you, I, I mean, I would be starting any of those top three pass catchers, um, and then the uh, obviously the other one, Keenan Allen. You're not sitting Keenan Allen. That guy uh, gets a, a high amount of targets from Philip Rivers. Obviously, Philip, one of Philip Rivers' safety uh, blankets. There, um, five or more targets in every game. He had 11 last week against Tennessee, six, six, five, and then he had double digit. So he's got four double digit target games this season out of seven. Uh, you're never really sitting Keenan Allen. Um, And the Bears aren't the Bears defense this season has not been nearly as scary as it was last season. We've seen this kind of trend happen with uh, like Jacksonville um, prior to prior to the Bears. So uh, the Bears have not been fantastic, a fantastic uh, against um, wide receivers. Um, So. Yeah, I think you can feel okay starting Keenan Allen this week, especially from the slot. Uh, guys from the slot this season, uh, Michael Thomas had twenty-two point one fantasy points. He plays a, a a lot of snaps from the slot. Uh, Stephon Diggs, but I mean, in back-to-back game or or in, in in two of the last three weeks, Stephon Diggs and Michael Thomas have had over a hundred yards as well. Um, and then Paul Richardson and Terry McLaurin combined for a hundred and eighty, uh, hundred fifty-three yards. So. Again, not as scary of a situation in Chicago. Um, so, those are my green lights, yellow lights, Phillip Rivers, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, not fantastic matchups for the QBs. Mitchell Trubisky did have 250 yards and two touchdowns last week, though garbage he did time. not. Garbage I know. Time. I, hey, garbage <laughs> time counts as fantasy football, man. So, um, honestly, the issue with Chicago and Mr. Trubisky is they need him to run the ball. And I'm I'm ho- I hope beyond hope that Nagy figures that out that he is better outside of the pocket, but like I said, um, the matchups aren't fantastic this season or, or or fantastic in this game. The Bears have allowed the fifth fewest, uh, sorry, I apologize, the sixth fewest fantasy points of QBs. The Chargers have allowed the seventh fewest, but this being a Superflex podcast, you're not really sitting those starting QBs, unless it's like a horrendous matchup. Um But looking at the last, uh, last three weeks, the Chargers have allowed the fifth fewest. So if you have a better option at QB over Mitchell Trubisky, which it's going to be difficult because Mitchell Trubisky uh, was picked relatively high this season. Um, those two should be okay, but they're not going to have like super numbers this week. Um, and then uh, Allen Robinson uh, is also a yellow light to me or for me. Uh, he should be facing up against mostly Casey Hayward, one Casey Hayward, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Um, so you need to temper expectations there. The Chargers have allowed the 10th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. But I think that, uh alan robinson will get enough volume that he should be okay this week tariq cohen as well tariq cohen is still involved in the pass game had caught nine of 12 targets last week only for 19 yards but you did get those nine points in ppr uh from those catches so um he is the only running back for the bears and i am trusting this week and then hunter henry as well is a yellow light for me the bears have been okay against tight ends um hunter henry will get enough volume to be Uh, a starter startable this week. So you'll be fine there. And then my red lights, David Montgomery Uh, at this point, I don't think you can start him until he shows us something. And I don't know if he will. I just, I I never liked David. I didn't like David Montgomery coming out. uh, And he has definitely showed why he's had issues with vision. He's had issues with burst. uh, He dances in the backfield. He's just not been good this season. Um, So, really he's more of a sit until further notice. Anthony Miller um was is has been more involved but again another guy until he shows us something. I'm not really trusting him. And then Mike Williams has been super iffy this season. Um I think with with Hunter Henry back and with Austin Eckler uh the way he's playing this season, I just don't think you can be you can trust Mike Williams week in, week out, this this uh seat or right now. And the Bears, like I said, present. I mean, it's not great matchups all around. Um, so really I would expect the top three targets for the Chargers to get most of those targets, and then Mike Williams will kind of be fodder a little bit this week.
1: Yeah, Montgomery. I don't know if that's like recency bias, kind of last couple of weeks, because he was getting 18, 13, 21. 21- Attempts, um, and then uh, against Oakland, the whole kind of the wheels fell off the train. They tried; they were playing catch up, and then uh, versus New Orleans, that game was just horrible. So I don't, I don't. And then they had a bye week in between. I think people are, you know, I, I'd give them another chance. You know, uh, Chargers are pretty good on defense, but I mean they're nothing; they're not nothing special. But I, I Montgomery just got it. They got to, they got to get their. They got to get the wheels back on the train on this on this whole Bears offense. Something's wrong. They got to figure it out. Nagy can't be cute. He's got to not dial up some crazy plays to try to make stuff happen. You got to. He's just got to not be out coached by himself. Just run the play, run the program like it's supposed to be ran.
0: Well, and and I'll say this. I mean, y- yards per carry isn't a fantastic stat to measure uh, running backs by, but he has l- only one game where he had more than. Or higher than four yards per carry, and that's a lot. Has a lot to do with the offensive line. The offensive line has not been blocking well, but he's just
1: there. Attempts?
0: No. Well, he is getting it, but he did get the attempts, and that's what I'm saying. Is like, yeah, he he got he's gotten double digit fantasy points, but like, he hasn't been efficient with the ball. Um, He just has. If you watch film, he just doesn't look. good in the backfield like he's like I said he's dances a lot his vision is in question he doesn't have burst and that's a lot of the issues that we saw coming
1: out yeah I liked him coming out I, I knew he was a tough runner you know he's broke so many tackles but he just uh you know yeah I get the burst. he doesn't have the burst speed that was one of the biggest consider concerns was that he was gonna get caught from behind a lot by you know faster players on the field and um I don't know he hasn't broke out enough to have anybody catch him from behind that's the problem I So I don't know what really the problem is. The offensive line is definitely part of it. Losing Kyle Long is a big deal. So uh, I don't know. It might get worse before it gets better. I don't know how much worse it can get, but it might get worse before it gets better.
0: All right, moving on. Uh, Bengals at Rams, John.
1: Uh, Bengals at Rams. None for the Bengals. No green lights for the Bengals at all. I don't... um, Bad offense versus good defense is not a good thing for fantasy football. So uh, for the Rams, I'm gonna go with Jared Goff. The offense does not work well when Gurley doesn't play, but Gurley's playing. And since he's ranked in the bottom five against the pass, so I think this whole offense works a little better with with Todd Gurley, who's also my green light. I don't care if he's sharing a little bit of time. He's a stud and he can produce whenever he's on the field, especially against the Bengals bottom field run defense. Cooper Cup was, he was on fire the last couple weeks. He cooled down a bit, but he's always a candidate to be for a big game. So he's a green light for me. Yellow lights, Bengals, Andy Dalton. Someone's got to create some offense in this team. Not really sure if it's going to be Dalton uh, versus a pretty decent Rams defense. Um, With some recent upgrades, this is uh, always garbage. There's always garbage time though. So he'll, he'll have to do something to play catch up. But Tyler Boyd. He's on the field for almost every play, and he's got some talent. Just another tough matchup for him on Tate, Alex Erickson. there's living a dream right now until AJ gets back um, to suck a ball of targets. I'm not expecting big things from these guys, but this could be a, a catch-up game. So figure maybe 10, point, 10 fantasy points for each one of these guys. John, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Joe Mixon here. I know he had ten attempts for two yards he's probably haunted uh probably haunted his dreams all week and he's got to get something going in this matchup to, so he can at least go into the bye week with some pride uh, there's there's no reason why besides a bad off the line play there's no reason why he can't get something going one of these days so he's going to get the opportunity he's got to make something happen um for the rams Robert Woods Brandon Cooks it's, it's a lottery for catch on this rams offense you never know who's going to get the all the targets uh, and cup seems to be have the slight advantage over, over these two guys so Cups in the green, these guys are in the yellows. And then for the Bengals, G- Giovanni Bernard you might get some work as a receiver out of the backfield, but don't expect much from the backups if you're, not, if you're not expecting much from the receive from the starting offense. Tyler Eifert, it's just not getting much done. Him and Uzama are uh, – is the, the, getting even less. Uh, for the Rams, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby. Even though Everett is more has more potential on a weekly basis, it's, it's a pretty tough matchup for tight ends. Um, Darrell Henderson, he might get some extra work, especially because Malcolm Brown's been ruled out. But it's four yards per carry thing is not not going to make it's not going to do anything for his his stat sheet. So those are my red, yellow, green, yellow, red lights for this week. So you don't think
0: Tyler Boyd is a green light this week, huh? Uh,
1: just no. I think it's a tough matchup. I don't think. Um, I I just don't think that he's. I, when there's a better player on the field, he's a better player. He's just not always. He's not the Tyler Boyd we all thought we were getting when AJ Adrian Green, Adrian Green was supposed to be playing this year. He's not. I don't think he's really lived up to that that whole Tyler Boyd genre or Tyler Boyd, whatever you want to call it.
0: I mean, mind you, he is the wide receiver sixteen right now.
1: I get it. I he's you know. I just don't. I don't think he does what he's. I understand he's wide receiver sixteen. He's had a couple of decent games, but I don't. Um, I just don't see that him doing it on a regular basis. He's only got one touchdown. He's got a lot, you know, some yards, and you know, he's got. He's average. I mean, a couple games he's had big targets when they were playing from behind. You know, I guess the fantasy points are fantasy points, but you know, he's. Uh, I don't know. I just I don't. The Tyler Boyd is not a consistent player to me all the time. He's just not. He's why we 16 Wide receiver 16 is probably from three or three games it's three or four games this season where he had huge games i mean yeah he had a 123 yard game 122 yard game other net, he's had 30 yard game a 10
0: 10- i mean so he's got he's got five double digit games in seven he's got five double digit uh target games in seven that's my thing is that like I mean, he's been relatively consistent in terms of targets. I mean, the quality of targets is a little bit different, but he's had six or more targets in every game. He has had two sub. He's had a four and a 6.3 fantasy point game. But other than that, he's been relatively reliable. And yes, I agree with AJ Green on the field. It is better, but he is a slot receiver. And it's a little bit different from the slot there. And my I guess my thing is when you have five double-digit games out of seven, I think he's relatively reliable. Um, and like you said, when they're playing from behind and they're doing it every game, he's getting a ton of targets.
1: He's got two game. One game's got 25 points. Another game, he's got 33 points. Other than that, he's got a 8.5, a 4, a 6.3, and then he's got a 12 what? and a 14.
0: Okay. What are you looking at? Because – at one point PPR, he's got 14.3, 22.2, 12.7, 6.3, 28.3, 4, and
1: 10.5. Okay. I have 33. So I probably, I'm, looking, I'm at a different scoring system probably. So I'm at, maybe I get 14 catches, 14 targets, 10 receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. So you might be looking at a four point touchdown, where I'm looking at a six point touchdown. No, no,
0: this is a six-point touchdown. But the the point stands is that he's got five double-digit target games.
1: So just because you get over 10 points, you're considered a green light?
0: I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that he's been reliable.
1: I... If I put him as so a green light would be considered for me a number one. Like I could put him at probably a number one wide receiver on my team. Would you put Tyler Boyd as your number one race one number one wide receiver on your fantasy team?
0: Yeah, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I think a green light is a top twenty-four wide receiver.
1: Okay. That's I guess that's where I kind of uh I'm looking at a number one receiver. The top probably twelve or fifteen would be a green light for me. You know that and then a uh you know, anywhere from like maybe fifteen to probably thirty would be a yellow light, and anywhere, you know, be below like thirty-five, forty would be a red light for me.
0: All right. Well, I'm. I mean, I, I guess I understand where you're coming from, but the fact that he's getting double-digit targets, it's hard. I mean, I get, I get why he's a yellow light for
1: you. He's so, got a lot of targets, but his receptions. He's got six, three, three, five. I mean, there's, he's had two big games. That's all I'm saying. He's i I'm not going to say boom bust. Cause he does have a couple other games where he's getting you, as you said, double digit fantasy points, but just cause you just barely make, you know, over 10 points. I don't, that's not steady.
0: I mean, to each their own, I suppose. I, I think that Boyd is a weekend week out starter, but I mean, that's me. Um, yeah, and, and everything else, I mean, Gurley at this point has to be a green light um, just because he's getting those snaps. And then, yeah, everybody else on the Bengals is just – it's tough sledding. I mean, Andy Dalton will give you those garbage time points. So he's an okay QB2 at this point, but God, those being, uh, the it's really sad about Joe Mixon. I I, I yeah, think a lot I of people – a lot of people thought that he would take on that girly role in the Zach Taylor Sean McVay system, and it just has not happened. And I think he's been severely misused by Zach Taylor, but that's unfortunate.
1: Do you think they tried Do you think the Bengals are a team that should probably just try and say, "Hey, what can I get for Mixon at this point? He's not working here. We're just beating him up. We're wasting a whole year of his talent. What can you get for Joe Mixon for a team that needs a running back?"
0: Uh, yeah, and, and you would maybe be cut in, especially with like Travion Williams and Rodney Anderson. And right, I, I just I don't know what they're doing with Joe Mixon at this point. Um, and, and a lot of people will point to, well, his offensive line has been bad, but his offensive line was bad last season and he did fine. And I think a lot of it is misuse. It, it really reminds me of uh, Mike McCoy and, and David Johnson last season is sure. Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon is a fantastic route runner. He's a fantastic pass catcher and he's only running eight routes a game. And that's, he's just being misused in that system. Unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Uh, on to the next one. Cardinals at saints, uh, green lights, drew Brees. It sounds like he's going to be playing. Um, I would be starting drew Brees this week against a bad Cardinals defense. Uh, Michael Thomas, uh, Alvin Kamara, if he plays, it sounded like he was practicing today in a limited fashion without a brace, which is good news. So if Kamara plays, he's obviously got to be a green light against the Cardinals. If he Kamara doesn't play, Murray is a green light because the Cardinals uh, run defense is not good. Uh, Jared Cook is also a green light if he plays this week. The Cardinals have been tremendously bad against tight ends the worst in the league against tight ends um yellow lights chase edmonds he's going to get volume but the saints after starting out pretty rough in the first three games have been a lot better defense um this season uh since or over the past five weeks they have allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs. Um, so Edmonds will get volume. So you should be starting him and and he will give you points, good po- and decent points, probably significant production, but you can't expect the three touchdown game you saw last week from him.
1: That was against the giants. Yeah. Anybody who runs on the giants.
0: Um, Kyler Murray uh, is also a yellow light. Uh, same situation here. Like I said, the saints, have stepped up over the last five weeks or so and been good on all in uh, all facets on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Over the last three weeks, though, the Saints have allowed and I lost it. The fourth, fourth fewest fantasy points of QBs. They did give up 20 points to Mitchell Trubisky last week, but like John said, those were tr- those were garbage time points. The previous week, Gardner Minshew only had 8.3. The week before that, Jameis Winston only had 19.5, and the week before that, Dak Prescott only had 11.9. So after starting the season giving up 24 more points to the first three quarterbacks they face, including a 45-point performance by Russell Wilson, they've only given up a 120-point performance since. So this defense has definitely gotten better uh, uh, taken, uh, the 2018 form, if you will. So, um, that's why it's going to be tough to start most of your Arizona Cardinal well, or, or expect a lot from most of your Arizona Cardinals this week. Um, I put uh, Josh Hill on here as a yellow light. Uh, And that is only if Cook is out. Josh Hill had a good game last week. He kind of touched down, I believe, three of three targets as well. And again, the Cardinals have been abysmal against tight ends. So if Cook is out, um, Josh Hill is a good option this week. I don't know if you can expect the same production as you would from Cook, but I mean, if you are struggling at tight end, Josh Hill is a good, good fill in this week in in, in terms of the buy. Um, and then Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Legend, can't really sit him uh, again. You have to expect, uh, you have to expect a, a little bit of a ceiling here. Um, but the, the Saints have struggled against slot receivers this season, so he could be in for a big game. I'm just not banking on it. And then Christian Kirk, if he plays, he did practice in a limited fashion. Uh, if he plays, he's got to be a yellow light as well. He'll probably face uh, Marshawn Lattimore, who's been better of late. And um, he Marshawn Lattimore could possibly shut down Christian Kirk, but I think that the the Cardinals play so quickly that there may be a signi- still a um, significant volume for Kirk. Anybody else, I'm not really trusting in this passing game uh, because there just hasn't been anybody that has steps up, really, in this passing game besides Fitz and maybe one outside receiver. But they spread the ball out so much that it's hard to trust anybody but Fitz unless right. Kirk is out there. Um and that's really it. I mean, red lights. I'm not really starting Ted Ginn. Uh he I, I just there's not really any other pass catchers for the Saints that I'm trusting. Trace Quan Smith has been injured basically since week one. Um, and then like I said, Demario or Damir Bird, uh, Keyshawn Johnson. You just can't trust these guys, and they're they're all red lights to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, you pretty much yell at everybody. If and if Kirk plays, you have to play him. He's just he's too much of a special player. And Fitzgerald, his, him and Kyler Murray are on, are on a really good. I think Fitzgerald is really teaching him how to be a good quarterback with the the way they're playing together. That's a that's a, a great place for a guy like Kyler Murray to have a receiver like that in his in his rookie year to to tutor him on how to throw the football and what to look for in routes. It's got to be a fan. It's got to be fantastic for Kyler Murray to have that in his pocket uh, to start his career with.
0: On to the next matchup. It's the Giants at the Lions. Go ahead, John.
1: Giants the Lions. Saquon weekly green light. The Giants said that they might start uh, trying to preserve the their prized player by getting the ball spread around a little bit more. That actually might work well for his running numbers, but his PPR number, numbers might take a little hit. Um, I'm not really sure they want to do that, but that's Giants' plan. Uh, Evan Ingram, one bad week after one bad week coming off an injury, but whoop to do, he's a green light every week. He's I'm going to start him no matter no matter where he's at. Uh, Golden Tate, another huge part of this offense every week uh, for the Lions. Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, a great one-two punch. I start him every week The Stafford plays. Jones is red hot after his 10-catch ninety-three, four touchdown performance last week. Galladay is averaging nine targets a game until last week. He did did pretty bad, so he's he's always a go for me. I mean, you you can't sit Kenny Galladay. Stafford coming off a great performance last week, now facing the 22nd-ranked Giants pass defense. Stafford is definitely a top-five quarterback this weekend for me. Uh, Ty Johnson, this... This one cuts deep for me because I was holding Johnson in most of my in my probably my most important fantasy league. Uh, and then I made a trade last week at like 1130. I, I needed to cut a player because I got two players in return for one. So I figured I'd cutting Ty Johnson for a week and picking him back up. And then of course Carry on gets hurt. So uh <laughs> Ty Johnson's gonna be the main running back in this game. Um Yellow Lights, Giants, Daniel Jones. Uh he'll be rolled out. He should be using two quarterbacks, super flex leagues only until he gets a grasp on his offense. Uh, he's just, uh, he just has to start giving it a ball a little bit faster. That's his only situation. Now, Darius Slayton, you will get another chance to put up some numbers with uh, Sterling Shepard probably out again. Hopefully he gets a few more targets and gets, can capitalize on the opportunity. Uh, the Lions, Danny Amendola, uh, not his best year, but he's always capable of being a PPR threat. TJ Hackinson, probably three or four catches, 40 yard day. Um he's just a mid-range tight end, trying to get something sparked. He started out good and he's been lackluster ever since. Um McKissick, JD McKissick, sprinkling some good some McKissick, uh a good matchup this week. A couple of receptions out of the backfield. That's about all you can expect from uh from him. And then um red lights uh for the Giants, Cody Latimer. Um just filling, he's just a warm body filling until Shepard gets back, I think. Shepard's probably still out again this week with a concussion. Uh Marvin Hall, if I mean he's a couple shots downfield, but he's just a flyer. He's you know two or three long bombs, and if he catches one, great, you got a 50 yard and a catch, but that's pretty much all he's been doing. So those are my green, yellow, red lights. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I really like JD McKissick. I think this will be more of a committee approach than we saw with carry on. So I think JD McKissick could be relatively significant especially in the past game um i really like this matchup for the wide receivers as well i uh, for the lions right would see wide receivers as well i i mean this could be one of those and we we know marvin jones now is more of a boom bust guy i think this is yeah a kenny, i think this is a kenny galladay week um and then yeah I, I, on the other side of the ball i i think i agree i mean i really like only evan ingram and saquon barkley um, right now, uh, I don't know if the lions, how good the lions are against, um, slot receivers. Uh, and, and that's the, that makes me hesitate. I suppose against, uh, for, uh, for, um, and it, no, for, um, golden Tate. Um, so, it, yeah. Yeah, I, I just – so they started out the, the season like Larry Fitzgerald had a huge game against some. Keenan Allen had a good game. Um, Nelson Aguilar had a good game. And then
3: uh,
0: Al Nazard I think played some significant snaps from the slot um, in week six. And then Adam Thielen had that touchdown before he left as well. So Golden Tate – and you had him as a yellow light, is that correct? Yeah. Uh, Golden Tate may be a green light to me because just looking at the history, at least in 2019, the the Lions have struggled against slot receivers. Um, so Golden Tate could be a oh, sneaky you start. This week. I
1: did have him a green light this week. Sorry. Okay,
0: did you? All right, so yeah, I mean, I like Golden Tate as a as a as a uh, green light this week because I mean he could be a sneaky start in both your weekly lineups and dfs um just because like i said they have struggled against slot receivers i mean even ola johnson who i don't know if he took uh significant snaps from the slot i'm going to look it up real quick um
1: uh johnson i love golden tate so i and it's uh i i mean I, it's i think it's yeah. wheels up and there's the rest of the season with golden tate he's he's minus a suspension i, I I expect a lot of big things from Tate throughout this whole year. He's an he's a great receiver because he because he went to Notre Dame. That's why.
0: Uh, but yeah, I mean, Ola BC Johnson had 45% of his uh snaps from the slot this season. And last week, um, with Thielen out, I mean him and Thielen combined for 65 yards and two touchdowns from the slot. So yeah, Golden, I think Golden Tate's a a sneaky uh play this week. Sneaky start this week. And he's the wide receiver one for all intents and purposes. So yeah, I I definitely agree with those. All right. uh, Moving on. We have the Panthers at the 49ers. Um, I don't really know how to feel about this game. It could get real ugly. It could be high scoring. I don't really know. Uh, Green lights. CMC is an obvious green light here. I get the San Francisco 49ers have been fantastic uh, this season against all facets of the game, but it's CMC. He plays 100% of the snaps. He catches the ball, he runs the ball. You're just not going to stop the dude. Like I I think we need to I mean I think everybody embraces that. Uh he did have one dud of a game against Tampa Bay where he only had 36 or 37 yards on the ground, but other than that, he's had 21 or more fantasy points in every game. I don't think that while he may not have that 40-point ceiling, he's still likely going to put 20 points on the board because of his pass-catching prowess. So you're never going to really sit CMC. Um, So he's always going to be a green light. Uh, George Kittle is also a green light, the best pass catcher for the uh, 49ers. Uh, carolina has been okay uh, against tight ends this season. Um, But, I mean, it's George Kittle. You're not really sitting him. Um, any week whatsoever, so uh, you're, you're starting George Kittle, those are my only two green lights for this week. Yellow lights, and and maybe I'm I might regret this one, but both DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are yellow lights for me. Uh, again, San Francisco's defense has been the real deal this season, and against wide receivers over the past three weeks, they have given up the fewest fantasy points. They've combined – I mean, they've given up an average of 15.9 fantasy points across all wide receivers over the past three weeks. So it's going to be tough, but because this offense is so concentrated, because Greg Olson has not been very heavily involved with Kyle Allen as quarterback – Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are probably going to get significant targets and it's going to be hard to sit them. So this is this is a perfect example of why we have the yellow light is they're going to get enough volume to give you fantasy, good fantasy points, but you cannot expect a ceiling here with those two unless someone scores like two short touchdowns. Um, Tevin Coleman, I haven't heard much on Breda and um, maybe listen back to um, – hear what uh, Ethan has to say about Matt Breda, but it sounded like he was in the concussion protocol after Sunday, and there hasn't really been a lot since, so I don't necessarily know what's going on with Matt Breda. I don't know if he's going to play or not. It's <laughs> kind of confusing, that whole situation. Um, it's, going to, uh, it's going to be hard to put any of the running backs for San Francisco in as green lights unless they have a fantastic matchup. Uh, because they they just split carries. Um, Carolina's kind of been middle of the pack against running backs. But Tevin Coleman should get enough volume, should get enough fantasy points for to be startable this week. So you should be fine. Jimmy G is also a – listen, I hate Jimmy G. Like, I think he is not a good quarterback. He has not been good this season. But Carolina has not been good against – Quarterbacks of late. Um, they have given up the six most fantasy points to quarterbacks over the last three weeks. Uh, in four of the last five games, they've given up 24 or more fantasy points to quarterbacks. So Jimmy G could be a good QB2 this week. Um, though I just ugh, it's so gross. I do not like Jimmy G <laughs> whatsoever. Um, and then uh, Marquise Goodwin is the only other pass catcher that I'm willing to trust, um, for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Debo Samuel has been, uh, basically disappeared. Dante Pettis has not been really involved. Marquise Goodwin though. Um, he, though, though he doesn't get a significant amount of volume, he's a deep ball type guy. And, he had three straight weeks there where he was catching um, a lot of or a few deep balls. And I I see, I can see him doing that again this week, obviously last week, it's going to be hard to judge anybody off of last week's game in San Francisco. Um, But yeah, I mean, he only gets four targets a game, but if he catches two of those at 20 yard uh, 20 yards, a clip and maybe one for a touchdown, then you have something going there. So I, I, i have him as a yellow light but i mean it's more of an orange light at this point because <laughs> yeah. i just don't i mean like i said don't i don't trust anybody any pass catchers there um my red lights kyle allen um uh, you're just not gonna get a good game against san francisco 49ers among, w- when it comes to quarterbacks uh greg olson just has not been involved um with kyle allen Uh, obviously Emmanuel Sanders who they just traded for who the 49ers just traded for I don't even know if he plays this week so even if he does I'm not trusting Sanders because um obviously brand new offense what maybe not brand new because he is definitely he played in a Kubiak system which is what Kyle Shanahan deploys um but I, I wouldn't expect a lot from emmanuel sanders this week and then as i mentioned debo and Pettis just have not been there um in terms of the pass catchers for the 49ers
1: yeah peter howard always says don't ever trade don't don't expect much from a receiver who' gets traded in the middle of the season so that's you know emmanuel sanders is a special talent but it, it's going to take a while to there's a lot of talented young receivers on this team but something's not something's really not getting uh getting done here and it's it's probably hundred percent the quarterback so. it's
0: jimmy g yes yeah. it's 100 percent jimmy g
1: <laughs> all right
0: on to our final game here we we have given john mcglynn the uh courtesy of giving him his his team here the dolphins at the steelers go ahead john
1: well i got a green light for the dolphins this week so in case you're all oh, wondering, do you i do agree is light. his name
0: preston williams
1: no it's the hope for the number one draft pick that's <laughs> That's my oh, only green light. I see. I
0: the green, <laughs> green light is go for that number one pick. Go
1: for the number one pick. No there's, no, there's no players on this team that I would put in the green light anyway for right now. There's some up-and-comers, but no green lights. So uh, the Steelers, I got James Conner. Good running back. for the worst one defense in the league. That's kind of a no-brainer. But that's the only uh, green light I have for the Steelers, too, even in this awesome matchup. The uh, yellow lights for the Dolphins. I have Preston Williams, like you just said. I love this kid. A uh, bit of a tough matchup, but as long as he continues to average seven targets a game, I'll throw him in my second flex spot every week. Devontae Parker's looking pretty good last couple weeks. He's another yellow light. Uh, he's just too talented when he's healthy. He's always been nagged by injuries his whole career. He's one of them guys who has a good game, and he's out for four weeks or you know, comes into a game, gets hurt at first play. He's out for two more weeks. But he's playing healthy right now, and he looks good. Uh, Steelers, I got a further yellow lights. I got Mason Rudolph. He's coming off the concussion to a cakewalk matchup. Uh, it's, it must be good to come back from a concussion and play the Dolphins. That's a nice setup for him. He, he just has too many weapons around him not to produce a for decent number, so that's the only reason he's a yellow light. Juju, a great matchup. A lot of concern on this offense right now. I don't know if him and Rudolph actually have a connection yet or what's going on. Him and Deontay Johnson, uh, just because this matchup's so bad, those three guys, they got there's going to be something going on against this bad defense. With Even if they haven't played together in a couple of weeks, they're going to have something, some kind of, <laughs> they'll, they'll do something, believe me. Uh, Red Lights, Dolphins, Fitzpatrick. You never know if you're getting Fitz magic or Fitz great on the bench. The Steelers are uh, solid defensively, so the, probably the latter pertains to this one. Uh, Kenyon Drake and Mark Walton, they're sharing a the time-sharing. Uh, it's just not producing. It's not a good way to make fantasy points or have guys in your roster when you have two guys who aren't producing or are splitting time. Mike Gusecki's actually been looking pretty good lately. But... Uh, t- I don't think he's going to be. He's not what he should be at this point in time. Maybe three or four, three or four catches for maybe 20 yards. But this is a good defense, so I don't even. I'm just putting it as a red light this week because he's he's fluctual. Uh, Albert Wilson, he's in a funk right now with his back and with his injury and the lack of playing time. And then for the Steelers, the, the Vance McDonald, uh, the Vance dance turned into a waltz lately. He's uh, with Rudolph back. I'm not expecting too much. Benny Snell, he's just spelling Connor a little bit. James Washington, a guy who I thought, you know, everybody thought was going to be the number two play piggy bump up, and James Washington is just—he seems to be falling down the jet chart further, further about a week. So, I'm uh, those are my red lights, my green, yellow, and red lights for this game. So uh, you, you
0: said you you said you had Mason Rudolph and Juju as yellow lights this week.
1: I Rudolph, Juju, and Deontay Johnson as my as my yellow lights, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I I guess I understand that. I my my can only real concern there is volume. Um, this could get ugly early, and then it's James Conner's game. Um, I I I think honestly, I think with Juju, I I think he's fine with Mason Rudolph. I mean, he had that that game that Mason Rudolph went out. Juju had seven, caught seven of seven targets for seventy-five yards and a touchdown. And Rudolph had said that he was going to emphasize getting Juju the ball. So, I I personally would put Mason Rudolph and Juju there as green lights, uh, but I I definitely understand why you have them them as yellow lights. Um, I I actually in one league have the fortunate situation where I am sitting Juju <laughs> this wow. week because I have Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, and Kenny Galladay. Um. And I can only start up two, three wide receivers. So Uh I feel pretty good about that. It feels weird sitting Juju against Miami, but I'm like, well, which, I mean, which one are you going to, the only one that I would actually sit probably is, uh, is Galladay this week, but he's got such a good matchup. I'm like, oh, well, uh, I guess it's Juju this week.
1: (laughs) It's a good problem to have. Yeah. Right
0: all right so that was our final game for these uh this, this part one of start sits the nfc home games don't forget that there is a second part with james and john mcglynn returning again to do the start sits. um so don't forget to listen and to tune into that uh again follow my partner here john mcglynn at john mcglynn 75 i am at ff stompy Follow the show at Superflex show on Twitter. Tag us in your polls and your questions. We are always willing to retweet those and answer those and even answer them on our live podcast that is on every Wednesday at 8:30 Central, 9:30 Eastern. Along with that, we also have a uh, waiver wire SOPs uh, next week this week's show that we uh, put out every Tuesday. Uh, and then, our, like I said, our live show every Wednesday, and then the regular show every um, comes out every Wednesday morning as well. So go follow the, or, or subscribe to the podcast uh, at Superflex Super Show or follow the DLF family of podcasts. Um, subscribe there, and you'll find us there as well. Uh, and I guess that's it for us today. So uh, good luck in week eight and...
1: Stay sexy and super flexy, everyone. Thanks for listening.